Happy Sunday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What the Puck with me, your boy, Don, a.k.a. Big D, from Game On, a sports podcast for everyone. Got a lot of stuff to cover this week in the NHL. Uh, Also, want to let you guys know we have a special guest on the show today. Uh, Had a chance to interview a diehard Ranger fan like myself. I know I said I wouldn't be biased, but this is my first real in-depth show. So I wanted to do it right and cover stuff that I know. There will be other things covered, don't worry, but I had a special guest. His name is Derek. Uh, You can follow him at NYR Beat Report. He's a beat reporter for him, covers a lot of stuff for the Rangers, really informative. Go check him out on Twitter, super cool, and you'll hear what he has to say here today. A couple things going on, man, in the world of NHL. Uh, It's been a busy week. a lot of things going on. We had a our first trade before the trade deadline between Toronto and L.A. Uh, I think mainly a a trade that needed to happen. Toronto was kind of low in goaltending. Their you know their goalie uh, Anderson is hurt. He had a neck injury. He was day to day, and they were relying on Hutchinson, which uh, wasn't doing them any favors, unfortunately. So they went out and got a new backup goalie, uh, pretty decent, uh, Jack Campbell. Um, Good numbers for Jack, uh, came from L.A., was drafted in 2010, 11th overall by Dallas, got traded to L.A., uh, spent a lot of time in the minors. Um, He was traded in 2016 again to L.A., spent four years with L.A., uh, started 57 games, uh, four games under uh, 500 for him. He was 20-24 and record, but a pretty good... uh, Save percentage, uh, 0.918, and uh, 2.51 goals against. And so, you know, you can't beat that. Um, currently this year, it was 8-10 and 10 with a 900 save percentage, uh, 2.85 GAA. So, I mean, you're looking at a, a pretty decent backup goaltender. You can't complain. Also in that trade, uh, Toronto picked up Kyle Clifford. Uh, mainly, to me, uh, I think it was just for... You know, physicality and grit. I think there is still Toronto is still lacking that with the uh, absence of Nazem Kadri, and I see this being a replacement. Uh, whole career with LA since 2010, pretty much a career fourth liner. Not known for his goal scoring at all. Uh, he's a minus 12 career player. Uh, just puts in, you know. I'd say averaged uh, 10, 11 minutes a night. Puts in the grinding time on the fourth line. Should be a decent fit there. You know, protecting the young guys like Marner, Nylander, Matthews. You know, all those guys out there. Um, Going back to uh, L.A., which L.A. seems to be, you know, roaring towards a a rebuild right now. I think they're they're roaring towards a rebuild. They... They're not performing well. I think they're, you know, Detroit is the last place team in the league right now, and I think they're 13 points above Detroit as we sit here today on this Sunday. So, you know, the the race for Lafreniere in the draft, pretty much, and we'll touch on that later. Um, Trevor Moore, he's he's kind of intriguing. Uh, he played at the University of Denver, uh, 40 points a year on average at the University of Denver. He made the Marlies in 2016-17 in Toronto. Had some success there, but, you know, never hit his stride. And I think it was mainly the overshadowing of 
you know, you look at the guys they have on Toronto, Marner, Nylander, Matthews, you know, all these young guys, need I say, you know, more about them, but they kind of get overshadowed. You don't get the minutes. Again, another guy that averages 11, 12 minutes a game. And I think maybe, maybe this move to L.A. where there's plenty of playing time to be had and plenty of plenty of ice time, I think he might, you know, he might see his stride. He's a good player, a skilled player. Uh, this year, unfortunately, you know, in 27 games played, he hasn't played in all the games for Toronto. He's got three goals, two assists. Um, can't really complain uh, about, you know, someone that's getting 10, 11 minutes a night in Toronto with that stacked lineup. Uh, I mean, then, you know, you look at it the other way and you're looking at, you know, on the Toronto side of things, they pick up a decent backup goalie, in my opinion. I mean, another goalie that hasn't really set his stride, slow to develop. Uh, I think that was the centerpiece of the trade. Uh, I don't think that this was a a trade that, I, I don't think, it, it, it's not a big trade by any means. I think it was more out of necessity on Toronto's end. I know they were looking at Yorgiev from the Rangers as well. Um, but I think they found their guy. Uh, they picked up uh, Jack Campbell. That was the one trade that happened this week. Uh, again, probably just out of necessity and mainly a depth move on both teams' part. Um, Want to touch on, uh, you know, you're looking at the... I talked about this on my first episode but I uh, just touched on it about the race for Lafreniere, the worst team in the league right now, Detroit Red Wings. And I know that doesn't secure a number one draft pick by any means, but I mean, it's just abysmal to watch. They can't, they, they, they just can't put it together. They're again, 13 points behind LA for the worst spot in the league. Um, it's going to be a deep draft. So, you know, I really hope uh, for their sake that they don't get screwed in the draft lottery and drop down. I mean, Lafreniere, uh, he's solid player uh, coming out. Um, I don't have a lot on him yet. Uh, I will be doing a draft show when it comes. I haven't done all my research on these guys, but that's definitely something that's going to be coming, and you could expect a big show for me then, just discussing them. But obviously, he's the prize guy right now that's coming out of the draft, and that's why I'm stating that it is the race for Lafreniere. I mean... This is the guy that's going to change a team around. Uh, I'm thinking he's more like an Austin Matthews type uh, from what I have seen on him. So that's definitely something that uh, we'll look forward to seeing eventually. Um, Another big story, man, and and this is coming out of Columbus this week. Elvis Merzlikens. This guy, I've never, ever... I mean, he is... Man alive, he is playing at a wicked pace. This guy is 8-2 and two in his last 10 with five shutouts. Pretty standout candidate for Rookie of the Year, if you ask me. Columbus is playing at a scary clip right now. I'm excited to see them play, you know, I'm excited to see them play the Rangers on February 14th. Uh, they play him on that Friday. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see him play. I haven't seen him play live yet. I've only seen highlights. But I'm looking forward to seeing it. I mean... He so far this year he's twelve seven and four. He's got a two point nine GAA and a nine thirty save percentage. I mean that's that's insane. I mean he was drafted in the third round by Columbus seventy sixth overall. Uh, he's a big guy, man six three you know six three as a goalie covers pretty much the whole net, uh, and that's definitely something we're looking 
looking to see. And a crazy stat, he is the first rookie goalie since 2008 to have five-plus shutouts in a year. And the other goalie to do it was Steve Mason with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's pretty crazy to see and and, and a pretty interesting uh, step in that direction for Columbus. Um, Another thing I'd like to touch on this week, uh, Austin Matthews. Uh, He's in good company as well. Uh, 40-plus goals this year, multiple seasons, uh, past his age 22 season. And he's in some excellent company. So let's let's hear this list. And, and I mean, I'm impressed just hearing it. So you got Austin Matthews from 2017 to now, two seasons. Connor McDavid with Edmonton from 2018 to 19. You got Stamkos on that list with for three seasons with 40-plus goals. Ovechkin, of course, from 06 to 08. Kovalchuk with Atlanta, 04 to 06. Paul Correa who's in Hall of Famer. Eric Lindros is on this list, who's a Hall of Famer. Bore is on this list. So, I mean, you're talking, you're in good company, and I, I really think he's he's in good hands with where he's at and what he's doing right now. I mean, he's playing on that team with Toronto. That's just, their offense is insane. Their power play is ridiculous. And, I mean, they're they're just killing it right now. And to see this guy get up there is, is pretty impressive. Um some other news that I didn't touch on last Sunday, and I'm not sure why, and I apologize to my listeners, but man, that battle of Alberta, huh? Calgary, Edmonton, dude, that's going to be huge. I really hope they play each other in the playoffs. Like, I, I, I just, I hope. That would be some great hockey to watch on the West Coast. Uh, there was a goalie fight in the last time they played. It was the first time since 2013, and that was Ray Emery and Braden Hopi. Braden Hope he didn't stand a chance in that fight, and uh, R.I.P. to Ray Emery. Uh, great guy. Uh, awesome to watch. Um, yeah, Smith and Talbot had it out, center ice, uh, and that was just the tip of the iceberg for this series. I'm excited to see the other games they play together. Uh, excited to see, you know, what transpires between the two teams, especially being in the same division, and I'm excited for the fans in Alberta and Calgary and Edmonton. I mean, this is something to talk about. These guys are playing their hearts out. We didn't think Edmonton was going to be what they were this year. People were writing them off. Uh, Calgary was good last year, but they had a disappointing showing in the playoffs. So it'll be fun to watch uh, and see what we're, you know, what we're going down the line. Um, I do want to touch on some trade rumors. The trade deadlines come, excuse me, coming up here at the end of February should be a pretty interesting trade deadline. Um, Again, I'm going to talk about what I know. I mean, the Rangers, and we'll touch on this. You'll hear the interview with Derek here in a little bit. But the Rangers, you know, I, are they still looking to move Kreider? That's been the number one rumor. I think he's up there as the number one candidate to move. Uh, he's killing it right now. Uh, in his last five games, he's got four goals, three assists for seven points. You know, he's playing playing good hockey. Another candidate for the Rangers, Yorgiev. And again, you'll hear more about this, and we'll go in depth uh, with Derek uh, in the interview you'll hear here shortly. Um, there's another guy that we're looking, you know, looking at possibly moving another goalie. Um, the Lightning, uh, you got some defensemen on that team that are injured. McDonough is out, you know, week to week right now. It's looking like another four weeks. Um, Jan Rutter, he's out as well. Another week-to-week with a lower battery injury as well as McDonough. And from what I'm hearing from sources that I know, uh, Alec Martinez 
on the LA Kings uh, might be heading down south. You know, we'll take a look at that. That'll be exciting to exciting to see when the time comes. Um, you know, the LA Kings, as I touched on with the trade that happened this week, they're in full rebuild mode. Let's face it. I mean, you got guys like Martinez and Toffoli that they'll possibly move. They're looking to get younger. And you know, my apologies. The other part of that trade with Toronto and LA is LA got two third round draft picks, a third round draft pick in 2020 and a third round pick in 2021. Um, that helps with the rebuild a little bit. I mean, third round picks, you never know. Uh, it, it, it's, it's all about, you know, their scouting and what they have going. I mean, look at that, the, the goalie that we were talking about earlier, Elvis Mers Lickens, 36th overall, third round pick. Get someone like that on your team, golden, and see if it pans out. Um, Senators, uh, they're in a funny spot. Um, and I'm only going to touch on a couple teams with the trade. There's a lot, there's a lot to look at, and and I'll get into more at a later date. But the Senators and John Gabriel Pajot, they are talking extension. Um, they're looking for you know a two three year deal, but who knows if they can get that worked out. Um, several teams need center help. Uh, what I'm hearing of the Islanders, excuse me. Um, I'm hearing the Islanders may take a run at him. They need center help, and he'll be a great center to help them out, you know, in their playoff push here. So that's something to look at as well. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to put this interview down. I talked to him this morning. Derek is a great guy, knows his stuff. Um, He really understands, you know, the Rangers and what they're doing. And the crazy thing about it, he lives in Virginia, <laughs> so I wasn't expecting that. Um, this should, this was a great interview. I talked to him for over a half hour. Guy's all time, understands the game, understands the team. So without further ado, I'm going to let you guys listen to the interview and uh, you know let me know what you think, and we'll see you know game from it what you will. You know, we got Don here, game on a sports podcast for everyone, talking to one of my guys. Derek's coming on talking about the New York Rangers. You can follow him at on Twitter at NYR Beat Report. He's doing his thing with the Rangers, knows what's going on. So, you know, welcome to the show, Derek. Don, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you to everyone out there listening today. Awesome, awesome. Hey, man, you know, I told I told my listeners I wasn't going to be biased. Uh, I am a diehard Ranger fan, but uh, since you're my first guest on the show. I'm going to be biased today. Yeah, so we're going to right. talk we're going to talk about the Rangers, man. So I mean, since you're covering them here on Twitter and and various other social media outlets, I mean, what do you think so far, man? I mean, we're 53 games in, got 29 left. We're we're sitting, you know, 9 points out of a wild card spot right now. Uh young team, a little bit of a mix, but you know, young team. I mean, what are you thinking of the state of the Rangers right now? Well, one thing that I think that many fans seem to forget is that this is a young team. This is a very young team, and this is a team that is still trying to go through the full rebuild process. This is not something that is just going to take half of a season or a full season. Um, This is something that is going to take some time, and we're probably about, I'd say, 
a little more than halfway through the rebuilding process. And one thing that I have to say is that it, it is, I think, honestly, it has beaten my own expectations of where this team is at right now. They have played hard, and they are putting results on the standings board. Even though it may not look great at all, 56 points is not incredible through 53 games for many teams. However, if you look at the state of this franchise right now and you look at all of these young players who just play in and out every single night, they're just trying their hardest out there. That's pretty good. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, and it just it makes me even more excited to see what's going to happen even next year. When all of these guys, especially a lot of these players like Adam Fox and Kapokako, after they get their first full season in the NHL, they know what it's like. They know how everything works. Next year, they, they know what to do. They know to walk into the season, and they know what to expect from all of these teams. And I think they're going to be a lot more prepared, in a sense, for what's coming their way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly can't say enough about how they've played. I mean, they're fun to watch. They're entertaining. Yep. They're, they're, you know, there's times where, I mean, b- being a diehard since before they won the Cup, I mean, there's times where I just get absolutely enraged because some of the stuff that goes on. You know, sometimes you can sit there and think, you know, Quinn, you know, benching someone for taking a dumb penalty or something like that, but it really seems to resonate with these guys. And one thing, these players have a lot of respect for Quinn. You're absolutely right. Quinn is, he has done really good with this this team. There's a reason why they brought in David Quinn and not some other veteran coach. Because David Quinn knows how to work with these young guys. I mean, it could not have worked any more better for the Rangers to get David Quinn. I mean, he came right out of college. He's used to coaching these guys in their early 20s, late teens. It's perfect for them. And they knew that David Quinn would be the guy to come in and work with these young guys, get them up to NHL standards, even though he had never coached in the NHL before. Um, That was, I think, an ideal hire. And I mean, you look at David Quinn, he does not take any crap from these players at all. You know, if if he doesn't like what he's seeing, he's going to make sure that they know he will bench them. He will cut their minutes. He will make sure that they know that that's not going to be tolerated in the on the ice. And I and I think that's big, you know, with a young team. You got guys like Kako, Fox, even Buchnevich, you know, you know, surrounded by, you know, and you know, Lingren, uh, Hedl, guys like that. I mean, they look for that type of leadership and to help grow within the game. And and I think I really think that, you know, and to touch on a couple of things you said about the state of the team, I think we're right where we need to be. I, I think if you had, I agree. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I think so. Um, I mean, if you look at the standard, if you look at the standings right now, we're tied with Buffalo for fifty-six points, and they're sitting right now currently um, eleven points from the second wild card spot, and Carolina sixty-seven, but. I mean, we're we're not in a state like even the Ottawa Senators, 47 points, second to last in the Eastern Conference. You know, we're not that far down. And, you, you know, you may be thinking, well, what does nine points make? Nine points is actually a big difference, especially for teams that are just not necessarily going to be great, still good hockey teams. But 
look, they're in a good position right now. They're they they are, especially when you know this is a young team and everything. Look, you can't really ask for much more. They're they're doing all they can, and they're really they're doing pretty good in the standings wise. Yeah, I mean, I I I think I agree. And then you look at you look at standout guys. You look at you know Adam Fox having a great year back on D. Tony D'Angelo. I mean, guy came out of nowhere. You know, he's 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 killing it right now. He's got 12 goals, 29 assists, 41 points, and he's sitting fifth in defenseman right now. I mean, and he's making $925,000 for this year. So, I mean, and and to go back to, to one of my talking points today, that's going to be tough for them going on, you know, with their cap situation. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that you also have to take into consideration is that everything happened a year prematurely for the Rangers. If you look at the 21-22 season, you're going to see contracts like Lundqvist's contract. That's done. Mark Stahl's contract. That's done. Brendan Smith's contract. That's done as well. Thank and God. A lot, <laughs> and a lot, of the, a lot of their cap problems also, and you look at like Kevin Shattenkirk's buyout, that's also going to stop taking effect after next season. So one of the big things that's going to help the Rangers is that, you know, they're going to have a lot of cap space after the 2021 season. But just to look at next season, even right now, it's looking like they're going to have about roughly 19 to 20 million dollars to play with. And now that does also not include anything that they have to do arbitration wise or anything like that. That is looking at strict base salaries and cap that are officially going to take place next year. But if if you're looking at the guys that they're going to have to look at re-signing, I mean, Ryan Strom, that's a big name right there if you're looking at offense and, of course, Tony D'Angelo defense. Um, Strom could easily try to acquire something like, you know, five to seven million, somewhere in that range. And I think he can definitely get that from a team. I think a team is going to be willing to give him somewhere in that range, especially with the season he's having this year. Absolutely. And and he he is definitely going to command a big contract in which he rightfully deserves. So I hope he does get that money. Um, also looking at you know Tony D'Angelo having a fabulous season, set a career high in assists, and we still have a lot of hockey to be played. That's just going to continue to grow for him. He's going to get a big contract too. And um, not quite sure exactly what the exact details are going to be, but you could see him somewhere in that same range, five to seven million a year, maybe, maybe closer to about six, maybe somewhere in that range. But Tony D'Angelo is definitely going to get himself a nice, a nice pay raise. And um, whether that's with the Rangers or not, you definitely hope it is. He's been remarkable. Um, Almost like a Keith Yandel, I think, to myself in a way. You know, an offensive defenseman kind of guy. And he definitely gets the offense going, you know, gets that puck around the ice, can shoot. A couple of game winners, I believe, this year. So he's he's definitely a guy you'd love to keep. But it's it's going to be tough. he, He also brings a lot of grit, too. I mean, that's something that I think, you know, we put Haley in these tough games, but I think you have guys like Kreider, Lemieux, and D'Angelo who get out there, put points on the board, move the puck well, and they'll also protect some of the young guys. 
Absolutely. So, well, and, so and, and you have to have that. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's invaluable, especially in this day and age where you have a guy. I mean, the game's evolving. You don't have these big brutes on the ice anymore, like Brashear, Carcillo. You know, all these guys that used to, you know, drop the gloves, play fourth line minutes, come out, get the crowd going, and sit back down. You don't really have that in this NHL anymore. So now you have these tough guys, like you have Brandon Lemieux, you have Tony D'Angelo. These guys chip in on the offensive side of things, and they'll also drop the gloves. They'll also protect the young guys, and they'll get the crowd going. And I think that in this day and age in hockey right now, that is invaluable. You have, uh, I, I mean, across the league, the game's getting faster. It's getting more skilled. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to see fighting leave. I think that's, you know, a big thing for, for the league to have. And, and I disagree with people who think, you know, oh, it's barbaric and whatever. Listen, it's been around. It's part of hockey. Get over it. But, I mean, these guys are, are and again, I say it, they're invaluable to a team. And that, I mean, that brings me to my next, you know, question for you. And, you know, talking point is like, you know, who do you keep and who do you, you know, who do you let go when you're looking at these guys? I mean, you, you have a guy like D'Angelo who, who plays a two-way game. You have a guy like Strom who just, you know, he's there every night. He's noticeable. And, you know, the elephant in the room with Chris Kreider. Yeah, and it's a tough question to fully answer because, you know, you can go many different routes with this. But here's the first thing that I have to say. You have to trade a guy like Chris Kreider. And here's why. I think to myself about the Rick Nash trade. That's probably about as close as we're going to get that's recent time. And now, of course, they're two different wingers. But you look at the return that the Rangers got for Rick Nash. They ended up getting Ryan Spooner, of course, who was then flipped for uh, Ryan Strom. They also got a first-round pick, which they traded up to get Andre Miller, they got Ryan Lindgren, and that was overall a fantastic trade for the Rangers. I mean, that's a haul right there. Absolutely, and it it was for a rental. He played the remaining, what, two, three months with the Bruins, um, and then he actually ended up retiring. So the Rangers got a haul for that. For a guy like Chris Kreider, they should get more. Simply because Kreider is a guy that can get a he can get a six or seven year deal. He's young enough. He's twenty eight. It's not like Rick Nash, who was thirty four when he went into this deadline and was traded, where you know he could maybe get two three years from a team, but he's not going to get a seven year deal. Kreider can get a seven year deal, and the Rangers have to use that to their advantage when negotiating. And they got to say, look, he can get a max extension. He can get eight years if you want to re-sign him. You have advantage and bump that price up. And with the player that he is, I mean, he's he can be effective on the power play. He's a fast skater. He's a gritty player, but he can score. And that's just something he seems to be an all-around player in a way. Um, and you just you don't get that from a lot of these players in the NHL anymore. And for a guy like Chris Kreider, he's also got a cheap cap hit, um, about four and a half million, somewhere in that range. But this could really be something that the Rangers have to consider. And, you know, they they really need to look at a guy like Kreider and think to themselves, we can get a nice haul for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
it's something to look at. Like I talk to, you know, buddies and I talk to people. I, I just went, watched them play um, in Detroit. I went to the game, drove three hours, took my, my son and my daughter, my son's first pro game. And uh, my wife, we went, watched them. You know, shout out to my boy Breeze for hooking me up in the, with those tickets. But, um, you know, watching Kreider play, I mean, I watched him since he came up when, when we, we had that run. And I love watching him play. So it's kind of and, and, and I agree with you. I, I'll go 50-50. I mean, it'll be a shame to watch a guy like that, you know, homegrown you know, go by the wayside. I agree, though, if we're going to stick with this rebuild, I think that's the way to go right now. Um, I think the haul we would get, especially like you said, you touched on the Nash trade, hell of a deal. The guy played, like you said, what, 20 games and then some playoff games, didn't play all that well, and the guys we got and flipped for that are, are, are again, you know, it was just a fantastic deal. Um, you know, I talk to people and they're like, oh, my God, you know, you look at the last five games. He's killing it. He's got four goals and, and three assists. He's got seven points. He's killing it. He's going to have a career year. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to look at the at the higher end. Are we going to are we going to stick with him and, you know, deal with the, you know, the 20 to 30 goal range and his cold spells? Or are we going to just stick with the rebuild? get some draft picks. This is going to be a pretty decent draft this year, I think. And, you know, go all in. I mean, we have the team behind us to that we are sort of able to do this. I mean, I, I honestly think that that might be the way to go. And then, again, on the other hand, I'm, I'm a loyalist. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, and here's another thing you have to remember. If the Rangers have any chance of making the playoffs, it's going to be a wild card spot. I, I don't see them competing with the Capitals, Penguins, even the Jackets, the Islanders, the Hurricanes, even at getting into a playoff spot. It's just I don't see it happening. But Not even point, if no. they were, even if they were to get a second wild card spot, you're going to play the Bruins or the Capitals. And in a seven game set, you'd be lucky to get to five games. They are not going to last with teams like that. And it's just it's it's not going to be a match. Now, of course, you'd love to see that happen. You'd love to just be able to sit there and say, you know, we made the playoffs this year. This is a stepping stone for next season. But, I mean, at what cost did it come? You know, I I think back to the Blue Jackets last year. They kept Panarin. They kept Bobrovsky. However, they were going all in. They knew it was all or nothing at that point, and they just had to do it. But they had a team that could compete. The Rangers just are not at that point yet where they can sit there and say, you know, well, we can definitely make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, I just I don't think it's at that point yet. No, I mean, and and see, you're kind of swaying me in that to 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 understand that, and and that's why that's why I wanted to have you on and get a little in depth with you because, I mean, the team is. I mean, I think they're good. They're like I said earlier, they're exciting. I I don't think. I mean. And another, you know, to go back a little bit, the funny thing is with this team is they play better against the good teams and then they fall apart against Buffalo, Ottawa, you know, teams like that. And it cracks me up. I'll sit there and talk to my buddy. He'll call me. We'll talk about the Rangers and we'll talk how they smoke Toronto. And, you know, looking at the way they played against Toronto, that was one of the better games I've seen them play this year. 
and then they'll yeah. fall flat. They'll fall flat against Buffalo, and it's just it's 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 almost like a total mind fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it's hard. I think especially when you have a young group of guys like this, you know, not I don't want to say that they get cocky, but it's almost as if they sort of they underestimate what they're playing against. I mean, you have to remember also Buffalo has, you know, they might not have the points that they're looking at, but they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent on that team, you know, led by Jack Eichel. And it's, it's something that I think a lot of these guys just underestimate, especially the younger guys. Um, and not that I'm saying that the younger guys played bad at all against Buffalo, but it's, it's, I think it's more of a mentality thing that you just, as a veteran, you understand that, you know, it doesn't matter who you play. These are all professional hockey teams and they all pose a threat in one way or another. Oh, for sure. But sure, I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely think it's something that you know, you know, even next year, I think you'll start to realize that that these younger guys are they're ready for the challenge. They know what to expect. They know, you know, what these teams are capable of, and they'll know what's coming their way. And I think they'll be better prepared for it. And well, we we can certainly hope so. And talking about younger guys and talking about building for next year. You know, one of my last talking points here today is that 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 dreadful topic, that three-headed goalie monster that we're rolling around with right oh. now, that's sitting in the room. I mean, I, I you feel bad. You're sitting here and you're watching Henrik come out every seventh game now. He'll 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 he. It doesn't look like he can play back to back anymore. And if he does, he's just he's abysmal. He he comes out. He came out against Dallas, and it was brutal to watch. And it's sad to see. And then you look at Shesterkin and you look at Yorgiev. I mean, these guys are just, they're outplaying him. And the, the crazy thing is you don't, you can't trade a guy like Lundqvist, in my opinion. And there's people that disagree with me. It's just, it would be a shame to, and you just don't do it. And then it would also be a shame to see Yorgiev leave. But then you look at it realistically with his record. He's only 12 and 11. He's only one game above 500. He has some stinkers too, but he plays he plays well. I, I see him on another team as a, a number one backup. I don't I, see him I, as I, a starter. I totally agree. I, no, I totally agree. And you know, you look at to to focus on the Lundquist situation, let's let's talk about this. You know, Lundquist is a guy that A does not have to leave if he does not want to. If he, he full no trade clause, he has to approve of any destination he goes to. So if he does not want to be traded, guess what? He doesn't have to be. It's not up to team management where they want to ship Lundquist in the end. It's up to Lundquist where he wants to be shipped. So, and you know that look, that's the Rangers deal. They put that on him, and you know rightfully so. He's he's done a lot of good things with this organization, but. In the end, it's up to him where he wants to go. So, you know, Lundqvist, I think, is off the table when it comes to trading. You're not going to trade Sesterkin. I, I could not believe two, three games into this young kid's career as a Ranger, and we're talking about trade deadline, how they'll have to trade Sesterkin. I couldn't believe that. You're not uh, going to do, trade If they kid. do that, it's going to be a riot. Oh, my There's goodness. No way. I, this kid just breezed through the Russian league that he was in, I believe. And then, you know, comes over to the AHL, just breezes through that like it's absolutely nothing. Comes up to the NHL. And he's done really well. He's done all, he's had a lot of 
great saves. He's done very well for himself, posted a 922 save percentage, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, one thing that, you know, you look at the Islanders even, and when they did their three goalie rotation, it just doesn't work. You can't have these guys. You're not getting enough practice in. You're not getting enough game time in. And it just, it affects you because, you know, you look at Lundqvist. I think Lundqvist would even be sharper if he was played consistently. You know, even you know even if he was the backup, let's just say he's the backup to Shostakhin. If he's playing every, you know, three, four, five games, I think Lundqvist could be sharp. But, I mean, we're looking at what he's doing right now, and they're putting him in, you know, every – you know, six, seven games or something like that, and he's playing one game, then he has another 10 days off or something like that. Goalies can't stay sharp if that's the case. They they just can't. Game time is what really keeps you going, keeps you sharp, and, yeah. you know, it's it's just it's not going to work. Three goalies don't work, and, you know, I I it's not David Quinn's fault. I don't blame him totally. Management has to resolve this issue sooner rather than later. Because, you know, if the Rangers really want to find themselves looking at a playoff spot, if they really want to commit to this, they really need to do something about this goalie situation now. Because yeah. that could end up costing them if, if they want to commit to the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you look at it, I think the only goalie out of the three that it's not affecting is Shesterkin, only because he's young. You you yeah. have a guy like Lundqvist who comes in every seven. Like I was at the game in Detroit. That was his first shutout since 2017. Yeah, and it was amazing. against it was against the worst team in the league. Sorry, Detroit, but that's that's just those are the breaks. But what? I, and he played amazing. Like I've never. He, that was one of the best games I've seen him play live. And I used to go to a lot of games when I lived back home in New York. And that was one of the the saves he was making. It was like vintage Lundqvist. And and that's what gives you hope because you're like, oh, maybe this is his turnaround. And then he plays against Dallas and he takes a shit. And I don't think it's his fault because then you put Yergiev in after Shesterkin plays a game and he hasn't played in three games and he doesn't play that well against Buffalo. So, and, it, yeah. and one thing also to point out about Lundqvist, you know, you look at that game against Dallas. And one thing that I'll, I'll, I will say about the Dallas game is that – you look at Joe, I mean, Joe Pavelski's two power play goals in what a matter of 16 seconds or some, some ridiculous <laughs> yeah. thing like that. Uh, one thing that I realized about both of those goals is that it was Pavelski versus Lundquist right in front of the net. And I mean, major defensive breakdowns and, you know, it just, it exposes Lundquist. And I think one thing that a lot of the New York fans have done is they really just, they, they go after Lundquist more than they would Shesterkin or Georgiev even, you know, and, and that, and I think, you know, Lundqvist obviously was not sharp that game. I think, you know, if, if we had a sharp Lundqvist, I think he would have definitely stopped one of those two power play goals that went in, but. Oh, for sure. You know, it's, I mean, he was left hung out to dry. It was just, it was him and Pavelski and that was it. And, you know, both times it went in. I think it was more unfortunate. But, however, you know, you're absolutely right. He he was sharp versus Detroit that Saturday night game. He was on fire. He was the best I've seen him play in years. 
And and that was also that was a one nothing victory. You have to remember that also. So you know, even if one puck went in, we would have gone to overtime, and you know, anything could have happened at that point. Lundqvist kept that game at one nothing, and you know, he was he was marvelous. That was right. an incredible performance, and I felt like I was watching him from five years ago, just on top of it, and you know, anything that was coming his way, he made sure that it was not going in the back of that net. And and then that's what I mean. Like it, it brings you back to like 2012, 13, 14, when this guy was the king. And now you're looking at it, and it's like, okay, uh, you know, you're still, you know, one of the best goalies in Ranger history, in my opinion. But it's time. I think it's time, and and I think the Rangers need to decide who it's going to be. And in my eyes. I mean, it's got to be Igor in my in my eyes. But then you look at Yurgiev, yeah, you could trade him to a team that needs a backup. I, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to go to Toronto. You know, Jack Campbell's there now in, in that trade with L.A. this Wednesday. But, you know, what do you get for a backup goalie in a trade? A third-round pick and maybe a, you know, what do you— what are you what are you looking to get that I think Gordon and Davidson have it in their head that they're going to get this haul for him and if you look at how goalies go around the league I mean you know Toronto got Campbell for a, a prospect that gets no minutes pretty much I think Trevor Moore gets 11 minutes a game and they I mean that's that that's it yeah and and I mean, Don, you're absolutely right. It's just you, you look at Georgiev's stats this year, 12 and 11 and 1, um, 3.12 goals against the average, which, you know, I'm looking more at the 0.908 save percentage. I look at that save percentage and I think to myself, wow, like, what do you think you're going to get for that? That That is not going to get you a haul at all. Um, it, it's just it, it's amazing that they believe that they're going to get some ridiculous return for him when in fact, I mean, he is not an every, every night starter. It's it's not going to happen. He is not that guy. They have tried that this year with him and it has not worked. They have to realize that Georgiev is just, he's not the elite goalie that they are projecting him to be. Now, could he find more success somewhere else? I believe so. Just because, you know, this defense has is young, it's growing, and there's been some letdowns throughout the season. But Georgiev has not been this impressive goalie that I think to myself, wow, you know, two first-round picks, we can get a couple of prospects for him. You know, he, he is not that kind of guy. And, you know, I, I think the Rangers are actually doing themselves more harm than good in keeping him longer i think they need to jump on something now and you know just realize you know look this is the best we can offer this is the best we can get and you know if it's not what we want oh well okay but you know even if he were to have you know three straight shutouts i really don't think that his value is going to increase that much just because you know he's not he cannot play you know 55 games a season. It's just, I don't, I don't think your gives that kind of guy. No. And, and, and I mean, you know, a lot of people are likening this to the cam Talbot situation. And I don't even think that's, that's half of it. 
I don't think he's as good as Cam Talbot. I don't get me wrong. I don't want to take anything away from Yorgiev. I think he's a great goalie, but I just don't. I just don't see that, you know, being the case. Uh, and they need to do something now. I would hope before the trade deadline, get these guys, you know, in a rotation with Shesterkin and Lundqvist, and just ride it out for the rest of the year. I mean, honestly, you're looking at the standings, and we spoke about this earlier. They're did you say nine or eleven points out? I swore I saw nine points out of the that final wild card. Uh, they are currently eleven points out of the wild card. Eleven. Carolina's okay. got sixty-seven. Okay, so even worse than I thought. So, I mean, you look at it, and they have to go. They got twenty-nine games remaining. You're looking at they would have to go at least. They would have to have a win percentage of, of at least seven fifty to even climb that to get there for the remainder of the season. Right. So I think all of us Ranger fans right now just need to batten down the hatches. Let's see how we close out the season. Get this goalie situation under control. Figure out the cap situation. Figure out Kreider. Get everything done. And then I think we move on to next year. I, I don't think this year is it. And I came into the season knowing that, hey, maybe, maybe not. Well, we're halfway done, more than halfway done. We got 53 games played. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. We're not making the playoffs. And like you said earlier, we'll wind up playing some team that will just wipe the floor with us. It'll kill, you know, the the confidence of these young guys. I mean, yeah, it'd be good to get them playoff experience, but I don't think in that format. And, I mean, I think I think that, that that's that's just what we have to deal with as Ranger fans right now. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, I, I think in the end, of course, if this team can keep on winning games, you know, absolutely, I'm all for it. I'm not, I'm not down for this whole, you know, let's tank and try to get the best possible draft pick we can. I mean, you, you look at what happened last year in the draft. Rangers jumped from, oh, I don't know what it was, to second overall. You know, anything can happen. But, yeah. I mean, what, one thing that you just, you know, this, this seems fun to watch. It, they are fun to watch every single night. They compete. You know, they, they don't give up. You look at the Sabres game. They're down 3 nothing. All right, they, they bring it back to within one. You yep. know, they, these kids work hard. They really do a good job of making the game entertaining and fun for the fans to watch. Um, but, you know, look, I, I think within the next probably, I'd say, three games, I think the Rangers are going to have an idea of, you know, what's going to happen. I think Jeff Gordon is going to sit there and, you know, say, all right, you know, this is not going to cut it. You look at their next three games. They play the Kings tonight. They play the Jets Tuesday and then the Wild on Thursday. Then they play, you know, the Blue Jackets on Friday. They've got yeah. some tough games coming up. And, you know, this this is ideally what you want to see. You want to see if these guys can compete with the big dogs. You want to see them compete. And, you know, if they can do it, that's great. You love to see it. Let's keep it rolling. But in the end, I just I don't think that you know it, it is going to necessarily go their way, especially when you know teams like Carolina, the Islanders, they're going to be tough regardless. Um, Carolina's on a two-game winning streak right now, I believe, and you know they're they're playing some good hockey. And. You know, the Blue Jackets are one of the hottest teams in hockey right now as well. So <laughs> that, you're that seeing, goalie is unbelievable. 
Oh my goodness! I mean, that is. We thought Shosturkin was great. Look at this kid. He's hey, he's incredible. Kid, he's incredible. Right Which and yeah. and you know that that's the thing. Also, you know, you have to you have to just take it day by day. Right now, um, in the locker room, I'm sure you know the mentality is win, 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 win. And of course, you want to do that. There's no question. But you know, from the outside, we're looking in, and you know, you want to see them win. There's no question, you know, if they can win, by all means, go for it. Don't sit there and try to root for them to lose. However, they have to realize that, you know, this is this is still part of the rebuilding process. And, you know, I think I think fans would honestly rather just see them miss the playoffs. Trey Kreider get some return for a couple of these guys and, you know, have your eyes focused on next season. All right, next season, let's just improve. Let's keep going. Let's try to strive for the playoffs this year. And, you know, I, I think that's really the mentality that should be happening, you know, yeah. in, in the next week or so. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, uh, you know, you know, hey, man, I want to thank you for, for coming on today. Uh, hey, guys, you know, check out Derek. You know, like I said, at Twitter, at NYR Beat Report. Check him out. He knows his stuff. And, uh, hey, man, thanks for coming on. You know, glad we got to speak. You know, I would definitely have you back on here, you know, a couple times talking about the Rangers, talking about hockey, and, uh, you know, happy to have you, man. Oh, thank you so much, Don, and uh, I'd be glad to come back on anytime. And, Derek, man, you have a good day. Let's go, Rangers. Again, special thanks to Derek uh, coming on with me, having that conversation. Really knows his stuff uh, about the Rangers. And like I said, I promise it won't be as biased. I know I told you in my first podcast, I am a Ranger fan. This happened to be one of my first guests that I can get on the show. Of course, he's a Ranger fan. Uh, I'm going to bring you different teams' perspective, perspective, different you know avenues, different writers, different guys that could come on and, and really contribute. Uh, but again, Derek, thank you very much. You can catch him on Twitter at... NYR Beat Report. If you're a Ranger fan, please follow him. He knows his stuff, really keeps you up with the team, and, uh, you know, give him a shout. Um, to further close the show, I uh, wanted to talk on some personal stuff uh, as far as hockey and my life and, and you know, my friends and how, you know, we use hockey. Uh, I'm sure people that listen to this podcast or people that play video games know about the NHL video games. I mean, way back since 93 when it was NHL hockey on Sega and and all that. But, you know, just some of my early memories with my friends and hockey, you know, getting back to this. Uh, NHL 94, man, going up to, you know, one of my good friends, uh, we'll just call him Mike, uh, lived upstairs from me back home in New York. Used to go up there. He got, used to get Breeze, used to get... Uh, Florio up there who are like my brothers these guys I grew up with just super fun memories of playing that game and I just remember using the Blackhawks with Jeremy Roenick and Tony Amonti and literally smoking all of them I mean it was a lot of fun it was like using a modern day cheat code with those two on the ice playing NHL 94 I mean it was a lot of fun and then you take it you know one year down when you in NHL 95 and they introduced the create a player um, aspect. And, I mean, man, 
that was right after, you know, my team, the Rangers won the cup. So it's like, man, create a player. I can put my guy with, you know, you're talking Messier, Leach, Graves, Kovalev, put them on the same line. I used to create my friends. We used to create lines and just play, follow the stat. I mean, it was just a blast. And those are some of those are some of the like many things as far like as hockey goes and video games. By no means is this a video game podcast. We're talking hockey. I just wanted to take it there. I was playing with uh, my buddy. Shout out to Breeze uh, um, this morning, and it just it brings back good memories and 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 further, you know, just in, encompasses myself with hockey and you know everything I love about it. I mean to being able to play with them, you know, I, I left New York in 2010 and, you know, being able to keep in contact with them through our love of hockey and playing this game and hearing Breeze yell at everybody and Florio really not give a shit just to have fun. And, you know, it's just fun. And, you know, Florio steps on Adam talking shit in the background. I mean, these are just the things and the memories that hockey and brought, you know, brought all of us together with the love of hockey and understanding. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing on this podcast and, you know, talking about hockey and bringing you, you know, weekly recaps of what's going on in the league. You know, what we have uh, as far as, you know, trades and just everything of that nature. So I really hope you're enjoying the podcast and, you know, the hockey side of it. Uh, shout out to uh, Danny Miami and uh, Rick today. Uh, killing it on that UFC, two, UFC 247 recap. Uh, a lot of fun last night. Uh, I did not watch the fight, but uh, heard some things. I'm going to listen to their podcast when I get out of here doing this with you guys. Um Couple of uh, decent games this week to you know keep an eye on. Uh, cut some of the ones you're looking at uh, today. Uh, Anaheim's currently up on Buffalo three to one. Uh, Rangers are playing the Kings. Chicago and Winnipeg at seven o'clock. I mean, I think that'll be a good game. A uh, couple other games Monday. You got the Islanders in Washington. Uh, that should be a good game up in Washington. Uh, Tampa Bay and Columbus. I- I'd be curious to see if. Uh, the King, Elvis, I shouldn't call him the King, but Merzlikens, you know, keeps up his pace and his Rookie of the Year pace. Um, there's just a lot of good games this week, and I can't wait to cover them with you here next Sunday, at, you know, on What the Puck, and uh, look forward to talking to you. Remember, you can hear us on several different platforms now. We are on Apple Podcasts now, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Anchor FM, Radio Public, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Game On Everyone and on Instagram at Game On Sports Podcast. So, looking forward to hearing from you guys. If you have any questions, feel free to message us on those platforms. Again, we're still working on Facebook. Not sure what's going on. You can't contact them, they're a pain in the ass. But once we get that, we'll put it out there. So, you know, once again, thanks for spending the time with me here on What the Puck. Looking forward to seeing you next Sunday. Have a good day and game on.